Welcome to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. My name is Coach JC, and I am your coach. Each week, we bring you an inspiring, winning story, an empowering, motivating, winning word so that you can be your best and win more in life. Thank you for joining us today, and now it's time for you to be Fit for Duty and Fit for Life. All right, what's going on, family? This is Coach JC here, and you are listening to the Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. Man, I'm super stoked today, and I'm excited. We have an amazing guest in the house, and we're going to get to him in just a minute, my man, Mr. Jonathan Parker, and you do want to stay engaged for this one. Copchurch.com, my man, Jonathan Parker, we will get to you in just a minute. We do have now 46 different agencies that are logging in from all over our country to FFRonline.tv to get the mental, mental and the physical conditioning they need to be fit for duty and fit for life. We have listeners from all over the country tuning in today, and we want to welcome you. We thank you for taking your time, and we thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life. If you are a returner and you listen to this podcast, then you know how we kick off every podcast, and it is with your winning confession. You guys know that faith comes by hearing. So this is our winning confession here at FFRonline.tv. If it's your first time, then you can feel free to bear with us and just repeat after me. It goes like this. Today is my day. No one will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am powerful. I am unstoppable. I am a winner. I am fearless. I choose faith. And last but not least, you are fit for duty, and you are fit for life. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. It is fit for duty and fit for life. And once again, this is Coach JC, and I'm joined today by the man himself, Mr. Jonathan Parker. What is up, sir? How are you? Hey, Coach JC. Great. Thank you for having me today. Man, I'm super excited that you would take the time to be on our podcast. And as we kick this party off, I do want to take, really quick before we intro you, I do want to take a previous question from one of our listeners. And we like to do this every week. If you are listening, you guys know that you can send your questions in after this podcast to myself or even Jonathan. You can send them directly to myself at jc at fitfirstresponders.org. And our question today comes from my man, Chad, uh, 20 years as a law enforcement officer. And your question, Chad, says, I wish I had a simple exercise or fitness question, but instead I need help in being fit for life. I want to be a better dad and, uh, and be a better uh, version of me for the people that I am around on and off the job. This is hard because I feel like I am around negativity all day and it carries over to me being negative in certain situations. What would you do if you were me? Well, Chad, first of all, thank you for the inquiry. Thank you for the question. 20 years, thank you for your service. We are honored. We are grateful that you serve our great country. So hey, let, me, let, me, let me, I want to challenge you right now, Chad, and Jonathan's on here, and he may, he may be able to, 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 to kind of tune in some of the stuff he's going to say today with your question. First of all, it's a great question, and I want you to do something right now. I want you to stand up. I want you to raise your arms up in the air, just like you don't care, like you're a law officer. So I want you to surrender right now, and I just want you to yell out loud, I'm done. Go ahead. I am done. I'm done. And I think this is the first step for you to get rid of the negativity in your life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're a ministry like Jonathan is, if you're a ministry like we are at Fit First Responders, if you're a chief, if you're a captain, if you're a major, if you're a firefighter, if you're a first responder, or if you're a civilian listening every single day, you are bombarded, and we are bombarded with negativity in our life. And if you allow it to, it can absolutely consume you and overtake your life. 
Steve Jobs once said it like this. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your inner voice. And I want to ask you a question because it takes me back to a quick little story, Chad. And I'll never forget, my daughter has a fish tank and a fish bowl in her, in her room. And, and I remember walking up the stairs one day and, and I walk in a room and I, I love spending time with my daughter. But I gazed over and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't help myself but to look out how dirty she allowed her little fish bowl to get. And I saw this little fish in there and I'm like, Olivia, that's my daughter's name. I said, where's your fish? She's like, it's in the bowl. I said, oh, I'm shocked. I can't even see it. And she's like, oh, Dad, stop joking. My daughter's now 16. This is a couple years ago. She says, Dad, stop joking. I said, hey, if you don't clean that fishbowl, what do you think's going to happen to your fish? And she says, well, I mean, it's probably going to die. I said, do you want your fish to die? She said, no, I don't want it to die. I said, then clean your fishbowl. So I want to ask you the same question right now. If a fishbowl is dirty, and this is why I asked my daughter, do you take the fish and flush it down the toilet? She said, no, of course not. She said, no, what do you do? You take the fish out of the water and you place it in clean water so that you can go and clean the environment that the fish was in, the toxic environment that was killing the fish. Life is no different, Chad, just like that fish. If you don't take it out and clean the environment, it will eventually die. Chad, you are not dead. But all this negativity and all this toxic environment, maybe it's the people you're around, the environment, environment that you're in can sometimes make you feel like you'd rather be dead. And I can relate. I've been in environments like that. So here's my challenge for you. You're not the problem a lot of times. It's your environment. Cleanse your environment. That's my challenge for you, Chad. Over the next seven days, I want you to go on a seven-day detox. Seven days, I want you to eliminate all the negativity in your life. No negative people, no negative television, no negative habits, no negative self-talk, music, whatever you do, newspaper, whatever you do for the next seven days, I want you to be very aware of allowing no negativity in your life. Make the decision, commit, and just do it. And you will be absolutely amazed on how the happy uh, you that, that you're talking about, the, the joyful person that you know you are deep down inside, how that guy will return and how positivity will become the norm back in your life. A seven-day detox of no negativity in your life. Test me, challenge me, and, and when you do this, I want to hear from you. You'll be amazed at how you feel once you cleanse the environment in because I'm going to tell you right now, Chad, you're probably not the problem. It's just the environment that you're in. So, Chad, we love you. Thanks again for the question. Once again, guys, Guys, you can email us anytime at jc at fitfirstresponders.org with your questions, your comments, your concerns. That's what we are here for. And without further ado, it is time for our special guest at Fit for Duty and Fit for Life. I am joined today by Jonathan Parker, a police officer and the lead pastor of Cop Church in Chattanooga, copchurch.com. Is that .com or .org? Let me go there really quick. Yep, .com copchurch.com. You want to get over there? I'm there right now. It looks like an amazing site. The host of the Watch Your Six podcast for law enforcement families, a professional communicator and law enforcement trainer. Mr. Jonathan Parker, welcome once again to the Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast, sir. Hey, thanks, JC. Great to be here. Well, here's what I like to do. I like to kick off every podcast with giving you an opportunity as a guest to introduce yourself to the listeners. You have now 46 different agencies, first responders from law enforcement, fire, medics, National Guard, and our bravest and our finest throughout our nation. So I just want to give you a time, man, if you could just open up with telling us, man, who are you? Who is Jonathan Parker? Man, let us in the life of how you got to where you are today and why you do what you do, sir. Absolutely. Well, let me start with that. Why? Uh, why do I do what I do? Because there are guys like Chad out there and so many of us. He embodies the law enforcement first responder profession. Good people, hardworking, servant hearts who get beat down by life. Um, there's this great American classic uh, that that I like and I use it often. And it is the classic American movie Rocky Three. And in Rocky three, Rocky's there. He's getting ready to compete against Clubber Lang. And as he's getting ready to compete, he's having a, a conversation there with with his trainer, Mick. And, you know, as they're conversing, Mick says that this Clubber Lang, he says that he's going to kill you to death, Rocky. And he's he's done with it. And Rocky says, what do you mean? He's just another fighter. 
and Mick says he's not just another fighter. He's a human wrecking machine, and he's going to kill you to death. And a lot of times we approach law enforcement as, oh, it's just another job. It's just another profession. It's just another day. And the truth of the matter is, is that this profession, as uh, me for law enforcement, other first responders, I deal like you do with a lot of uh, firefighters and paramedics, it has the potential to be a human wrecking machine. And we see it with divorce rates, with suicide rates, with fatigue and stress and mental health issues. This profession can be a human wrecking machine. It's not like any other profession that's out there. And so we've got to take it seriously. We've got to keep that edge. And that's why I do what I do. I love I, it, uh, man. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, number one, I'm Italian. I'm from Jersey. Sylvester Stallone is my man. I love that part in that movie. I love every Rocky movie. And that's a great analogy. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Hey, you told me a little about um, opening up your story, and I didn't want to get into it too much. You talked about your wife. You talked about you being a police officer. Man, dive into that, man. Share a little of your story. Yeah, absolutely. I came from Savannah, Georgia, and I moved up to Tennessee in 2003. And the reason for that was I had a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I always loved the profession. But I thought I'd do something like a chaplaincy. Uh, because I felt a, a calling to vocational pastoral ministry. So I went to seminary, earned a Master of Divinity, and graduated in 2006. I had met my wife there, Meredith. We got married, and we were pursuing church ministry. And just as the course of life, things happened. And so the next thing I know, uh, I'm looking for a way to support my family. And the natural thing for me to do was to go to law enforcement. And so I applied, got hired on back in 2007 with the Chattanooga Police Department. And the thing about it was, is the day before I started the police academy, we found out that we were pregnant with our daughter, whose name now is Olivia, just like yours. Come on. And yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I started the police academy. We went through uh, five months, basically, of police academy training, then went through my field training process. And at the end of my field training process, they were going to release me to solo patrol. And I took some time off for Olivia to be born. Olivia was born June 24, 2008. We came home. We were enjoying the time together. And then all of a sudden, July 2nd, 2008, at about 11.35 p.m., the baby started crying. And we're first-time parents, and so we jump up, and we run in there to check on her. And when I do, Meredith, my wife, comes behind me. She's got her finger on her pulse, and she says, my heart's racing. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I'm thinking her blood pressure, you know, just having a baby, getting up, the shock of it, maybe anxiety. And so I tell her to go sit back on the bed. I follow her, and before I could get any question out of my mouth, she collapsed back on the bed. She was having a massive heart attack, and she ended up dying. And so I began CPR on her, called 911. Here I am, a first responder calling and, and pleading for help and for backup. And CPR for about eight minutes, they airlifted her to a local trauma center uh, after being defibrillated, shocked a total of nine times. The doctors told me that she had a heart attack. They didn't exactly know why. They felt like it was somehow connected to the pregnancy. And they said she won't live. But if she does live, she's going to have significant brain damage. Now, to make a long story very short, first of all, I was amazed at the way the police department came around me. Uh, I began to understand what it meant to be a part of the Thin Blue Line. I understood what it was like to have that support that rivaled any group of people that there is, including the church. And so I developed this loyalty for my brothers and sisters. But the long story, very short, and it's been documented um, in, in various formats, um, is three days later, I walked into a hospital room. We had been praying. We're, we're people of faith, and we believe in the power of God to, to heal us. And so we had been praying. People across the world had been praying. That third date, July 5th, 2008, I walked into the hospital room where they told me my wife would not live and she would have significant brain damage. And long story very short, she was sitting up on the bed drinking a smoothie and smiled at me and said, hey, babe. Come on. And so uh, if you were to see her today, you would not know that she had any type of incident. But from there, I went on this journey of serving in law enforcement and also learning what it was about to serve my brothers and sisters and also trying to discern, okay, God, what is it that you want from me? And so out of that and out of some other 
calls and situations that maybe we can talk about in a few moments. Um, I began to develop ministry giving back to law enforcement and first responders. And so back in uh, 2015, we launched Cop Church Chattanooga, which is a worship gathering for law enforcement families. We have kids church, we have uh, worship, we have profession relevant type messages and encouragement um, and things that are giving back to really all first responders. We have a first responder family night every year and just trying to give back and to serve not just the the physical and mental and emotional needs of law enforcement, but also understanding that all of it intertwines with our spiritual well-being as well. Man, I love it. What an amazing testimony. I'm getting goosebumps hearing you talk about your wife's story. Um, you know, it makes me think, um, you know, in, in John 10, 10, man, it, it, there's a verse. And yeah, let me say this before we even get into that, man. There's first responders listening from all different walks of life. And if they're part of FFRonline.tv, then they know that we never, Jonathan, and I could call you pastor, my man, Mr. Parker, we never push religion. We never push fitness down anybody's throat, nutrition. We just provide the tools necessary. And some first responders take a little more of the mental conditioning with them. Others take a little more of the, the spiritual. We have chaplains on there. My pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is actually one of our chaplains on there. He gets on. He gives them just motivational, encouraging words you know, that are from the Word of God, the Bible. Anybody knows my history and my testimony? That's what I stand on. That's what I believe. But here's what's cool before I do go where I was going to go, Jonathan, is, man, at our headquarters, and, and, and I mean, I, I think you would be absolutely amazed. I would love to come uh, for you to come and, and speak at there one day and just see what we're doing. Because at our headquarters in Tulsa, we now have about 500 first responders that show up in person every day. This is not FFRonline.tv, which is national. This is in one city. 500 first responders that show up every single day to be fit for duty and fit for life. And they go through workouts and they go through mental conditioning. And at the end, the coolest part to me, and we never pushed this. We never started this. It organically grew through a time of need. We have first responders that circle up and they pray. And the coolest part about it is I look around the circle and just actually this morning, you know, I saw 30 first responders in one of our sessions praying. I look around, man. I keep my eyes open. I just get so excited and proud because I look and I say, man, there's first responders from all walks of life, every religion you could think of, every denomination, every background that you could possibly think of, every race, every color, every gender. And it's cool to see that. But at the end of a workout, they come together and they grab a hand or a shoulder and they say a small little prayer together before they go hit the streets. So yeah, I that's say, absolutely incredible. And to me, that's what it's about. And I, and, I, and I say that to say this. If you're listening right now and you say, oh, man, you got a pastor on here. Come on, Coach JC. We thought we were going to tune in and hear about fit for duty and fit for life. Well, you know what? Just like you train your body, you can train your mind. And just like you train your body, you can, you can train your spirit, man. So today we're going to dive in to faith. We're going to talk a little about miracles because I believe and Jonathan believes that miracles do happen. And I believe there's listeners, listeners listening right now, Jonathan, that are saying, man, I'm broken in life. I'm going through hell in life. I'm broken in my physical body, my marriage, financially, and there's an area in my life. And I tuned in today, and I don't know why, but I just tuned in. And I want to tell you right now, if you're listening, hey, stay tuned in, because it's not a mistake that you tuned in today. We got powerful words coming for you. Take the good, throw away the bad. If you don't believe in what the Word of God says, then you know what? Listen to what we have to say and ignore that part. But I honestly believe that you're tuned in today for a reason. And that leads me to what I want to say, John, as I hand it back over to you, is... John 10.10 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think so many times as believers, we leave and we, and we end at that part. And a lot of times you'll hear Christians and you'll hear people say, man, I'm getting beat up in life. Man, I'm getting slapped around physically. Man, my body, I'm broken mentally, emotionally, my marriage, my relationships, financially. But so many times we forget what the second part of that verse says. The second part of that verse says, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Live the abundant life. So I want you just to talk about that for a second, man, Jonathan. We have first responders listening right now, and they're getting beat up in life. And they're a first responder, and they show up to the job every single day. But you know what? They're losing in life. And the enemy's attacking them physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They might be depressed right now, oppressed. But the second part of that verse says, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. You have first responders listening right now, Jonathan, that might believe in the word of God and others that may not, 
but I want you just to talk to them. I know you have a word for them right now. Yeah, absolutely. I want to address that, JC. And I, I'm so very appreciative of so many of the things that you've said. In my podcast, the Watcher 6 podcast, exact same approach. One of the areas we have to deal with is our spiritual health and well-being. But I'm not going to throw the Bible at anybody. Listen, uh, I gave advice to a young officer who I've mentored, and he came to me asking me about faith and, and being challenged with some of the things that he was seeing on the job. And I said, listen, the first thing you need to do is learn to be a good cop. And so let me boast for just a minute. And if I boast in anything, kind of as Paul said, if I boast in anything, I boast in the Lord. But before anything else, I was a cop, been a cop 10 years. And for two of those years, back to back, I was named officer of the year for the Chattanooga Police Department. It's not a huge department. We've got about 465 officers. But here's the thing about it is I don't walk around just slapping people with the Bible and and that's it. I'm a cop and I'm a good cop and I do my job well and I serve well. And I believe that being an excellent cop comes out of the fact that I'm an excellent Christian, that I, I have this faith in Christ. And so a lot of times I think the people that are out there, they're skeptical. I think it falls into a couple of different categories as to why they are skeptical. And I actually uh, talked recently with Jay Warner Wallace, who's uh, L.A. Uh, homicide detective, cold case detective, who wrote the book Cold Case Christianity. And a lot of times people are skeptical because, number one, they see the ugliness of the job and they're beat down by the frustrations of life and what we deal with. And they simply question if there's a loving God out there, how does he allow all this to happen? Why doesn't he do something about that? And they don't understand the dynamics that come into play about why God might allow things to happen. Then they look around and they see Christians who are not living the life. They're not being a follower of Jesus Christ, even though they say it with their mouth. And listen, there's a great precedent for that. And, and that's something that those people are going to have to answer for. But there is a truth to it when you really live this thing and you get in there for God. And so they see people that are not living. And, and thirdly, they encounter people who just don't know how to explain it, don't know how to defend it, don't know how to talk about faith from a reasonable standpoint, don't know how to express that that this isn't some fable or some pie in the sky type thing. There is a real difference to this. And when you look at it, it says it in Scripture, but it's not just backed up by Scripture. It's backed up by tradition. When you look outside of what the Bible says, there are historical documents, there's archaeology, there is science. If you really delve into it, that supports what the Scripture is saying. So you've got Scripture, you've got tradition of what all people have believed and what these other outside sources are looking at. Then not only do you have that, but you have reason. You can take and you can delve into the Scriptures. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to do it at our next cop church service and look at 1 Corinthians 15 and the evidence of the resurrection. And in fact, Paul says there— he says, if Christ hasn't risen from the dead, then your faith is, is futile. My faith, I'm preaching in vain. And he says that if we don't have hope beyond this life, then we are of all people most miserable. So as miserable as Chad thinks he is or anybody else thinks they are, Christians, if what we believe is a lie, then we're more miserable than anybody. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is that it's not a lie, that there is truth there. And you can reasonably explain that Jesus Christ was a historical person who lived, who walked this earth. He died. He was buried in a tomb. The tomb is empty. And the only reasonable inference is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And if that happened, if the supernatural happened, then what do you do with that? And how do you continue to reject that? And so when we look at that, you look at a story like my wife talking about John. I love the gospel of John. John chapter 20 and verse 30, 31 there, John says in, in the book of the gospel of John, he wrote down seven miracle signs. And he says, Jesus did a whole lot more than this, but I'm going to write down these seven. And the reason why I'm going to write down these seven is so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. So the purpose of miracles is not just so it can look good, not just so some televangelist preacher can get on and make a hoax of Christianity. The reason is for God to prove I created this thing. All of natural order is created by my hand and that I can break in at any moment. And so just like I raised my son from the dead and he is alive, the proof of that is, is that I break into the now, I break into the natural order of things and I conduct these miracles to prove it. And so it's not just in the scripture. I could walk through John 
since you, you chose John where Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, to have abundant life. The miracles that are there, the seven that are there, they start off in John chapter two, two with the miracle of the wedding at Cana where Jesus turns water into wine. Now, why would he do something like that? I think that part of it is, and, and there are a lot of implications there, but one very simple is, why does it really matter that they have more wine at a wedding? That seems like an insignificant detail. That seems like a small thing. Yeah. But you know what? Jesus is saying from the very outset, there is no thing, no detail in your life. There's no situation that is too minor for me. I can handle it. He goes on from there and he feeds a multitude of 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. And you know what he's saying? He's saying there's no thing in your life that's too big for me or too great for me. I can handle it. He goes on from there and there is this centurion, this, this nobleman, this, this important person in the community who needs a miracle. And Jesus provides the miracle by healing his, his daughter. And so what he's saying there is if you're an important person, there are some things in life you just can't get by with. You're still going to need, you're going to reach your limits. You're going to reach your limits emotionally, physically, financially, and you're going to need something beyond you. And that something is me because there is nothing beyond me. And so even if you're an important person, Jesus ministers to you. But then there are other situations where he ministers uh, to this man who's a, who's a cripple. He's been crippled for 38 years laying in uh, by this pool of Bethesda where he's waiting for the angel to stir the water so he can get in and hopes he'll be healed. This guy is, is the lowest of the low. He's a poor. He's a beggar. He's the mar marginalized. And so the message there is. It doesn't matter if you seem like in your own eyes you're insignificant, that nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, you're not important to society, everybody hates cops or first responders. To Jesus, you matter, and he can heal you. And, and so, J.C., I mean, you get, me, you get me wound up, but I could go on and on and on talking about the relevance of the faith and how it makes a difference because it's not just Scripture, it's not just tradition, it's not just reason, but the fourth aspect of it is experience. My own personal Christian experience is to say that since I encountered this man named Jesus, my life is different. Mm. It's not perfect because we have problems. My wife died crying out loud. Yeah. We have problems. I had a call one night uh, back several years ago. I was on patrol. We were sitting at Arby's eating, and, and this call for suicidal threats comes out. And I'm like, you know, I'm like everybody else, roll my eyes, here we go. Some other guy, he swallowed four Tylenols and wants us to pity him because he thinks, he, you know, he's going to commit suicide. Got to the house. The house was dark. There was rock and roll music playing. It was that eerie feeling. I recognized the name. It was a guy I had helped. It was a victim in another crime. And there's this lull in the music. And all of a sudden, I call his name and I get him to come to the back window. He will not open the door, but he cracks the window just enough to talk to me. He tells me how his life is shot, how he found out he was HIV positive. The credit collectors were calling. He had nothing else to live for in this life. And the last words out of his mouth were, Parker, I'm just going to do it. And he walked across the room, picked up a gun, and in front of me and my buddies, my partners, he blew his head off. And so I dealt with that. I dealt with the situation from my wife and this situation because I'm human. And I started to have post-traumatic type symptoms. And so I had to go, I became a part of our crisis uh, intervention team for mental health crisis response. I became a part of our critical incident stress debriefing team because it's real. You're going to have issues. But as Paul said, if, if, if in this life only we have hope, we're most miserable. So we have hope beyond this life. We have hope beyond this call and we can get through it because we have the help that comes from above. Come on, man. What a word. What a winning word. Man, I'm here with Jonathan Parker, the pastor, the man, the myth, the legend. Come on. Let me, let me, let me just pause there for a second because you said some amazing things in there. And you, you talked about faith. You talked about hope. And it makes me think of in, in the word in Hebrews 11.1 1, where it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I know there's first responders right now. You shared just an emotional story with us where, where this young man, you know, shoots himself in front of you, blows his brains out. And first responders will see more in a week than civilians can see in their entire lifetime. And so many times as civilians, you know, and, and, and citizens, you see a police officer, you see a firefighter, a medic, and you see them with the uniform and the badge on, they're doing their job, 
But we forget sometimes that they're human beings first. And I go back to that verse of faith as a substance of things hoped for. And I know because I deal with first responders every single day on FFRonline.tv that say, Coach, I have no faith. I have no hope for this situation. My marriage is broken. My body's broken. I didn't get the promotion I was expecting for, man. I, I'm just, I, I just don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. And I'm depressed. I'm oppressed. And, man, suicide's at an all-time high. The divorce rate's at an all-time high amongst the first responder world. These are the finest or the bravest. These are our heroes. And I know that the families and the, and the first responders, they, they, they go through so much. But I want you to talk to this for a second because, and we talked about this a little before we jumped on the, on the show, is what good is it? And I, I made this statement, and you had something to say, and I want you to tie it in, is I said, what good is it, Jonathan, if these police officers show up to the job, this firefighter shows up to the job every single day, and the agency does an amazing job to prepare them to go out and be the best police officer, firefighter, medic, National Guard, but they're losing in life. What good is it? as a community, as an agency, as a city, as a nation. And this is why Fit First Responders was created. And I know you believe the same and do the same at your church. Is, is what good is it if we're not developing them to be the best human being they could be? And you said something. You said, JC, a lot of them show up to the job. And, and as police, we talk about going home safe. But a lot of them, after they go home, what's their life like? I want you to talk about that a little for that first responder out there that said, man, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I hear you talking about that, coach, but I have no faith in my life. I have no hope right now. I show up to the job every single day, but I'm broken in life. How do I get that faith and hope back? Can you talk about that a little, Jonathan? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is one of those things we say, you know, brothers and sisters, make sure you go home at the end of your shift. And the question is, is what happens then? As you said, John 10, 10, Jesus came for you to have abundant life. What is your life like? So what you made at home if your life is miserable? So what if, you're, if you make it home and, and you don't have energy or emotion for your kids or your, your spouse or, you know, things happen and you may even be at that point. But it, it's, it's not too late. It's not too late. And the thing about it is, is a lot of times it's, it's the object of our faith, okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you hope, if there's anything inside of you that hopes that things should be or could be different, you've got faith. Come on. But the, the thing about it is, is what are you looking at? It's real easy. JC, you, you talked about it at the beginning when you were, we were making these recommendations to Chatham. What are you surrounding yourself with? What are you looking at? You know, to be quite honest, there are a lot of people that I've had to unfollow on Facebook. Yeah, come because on. Because... All they talk about is negative stuff. All they do is rant about the latest politics and and they talk about the latest negativity. And and I got to be honest, even just constantly everything before you is the latest line of duty death. And I'm not putting that stuff down. But what I'm saying is, is sometimes you just got to shift your focus to what you are seeing and you've got to look for something positive. And that comes with being around positive people, looking to a, a positive outlet uh, like uh, exercise and fitness and diet, you've got to break away from those things. Stop answering your phone. They'll be okay if you don't answer that one phone call. They really will. You're not on call 24-7. I know we say that, but listen, the police department was there. The fire department was there. The EMS station was there. Before you got there, they had crisis and they made it without you. And guess what? One of these days, you're going to walk out of that place and they're going to make it fine without you then. Yeah. The hope is, is that you'll make a great impact, that you'll do your very best, that you will impact lives because every life matters. But stop thinking that you've got to save the world and fix the world. Shift the object of your faith. Shift the object, object of your focus to something more positive. Give yourself an outlet and an opportunity to connect with the other aspect of life, which is abundant, full, great, exciting life. And it can come from the Bible and scripture, and it can come from connecting yourself with positive people like you, Coach JC. That's a great word, Pastor, and it makes me, uh, you know, think of, uh, you, you know, a lot of first responders, we, we talked about Chad in the beginning, being around negativity every single day, and, you know, a lot of first responders very easily 
because of what you said earlier. You're hearing so much and you're seeing so much what the media might say, what's going on social media. You know, all of a sudden now, now we hate cops and you know, firefighters did this. And so many times the media portrays this picture or a first responder gets so overwhelmed with it that they start to become conformed to it. And I've seen first responders where you talk about focus, I've seen them shift their focus so far to the other side where they start to believe these things that are being said and done. And I, I'll go up to them sometimes, I'll just shake them, I'll say, what are you doing? You know, and, and it makes me, it reminds me of Romans 12 too, you know, it says, do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. And so many times we know deep down inside who we are, what we stand for, and what we're about. But we got so caught up in the identity of a first responder that we lost sight of the, 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 the dad that God called me to be, the, 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 the husband that God called me to be, the mom, the, 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 the hero. And because we got so clouded by all the crap and the nonsense, and we become so conformed to it. And that's why I encouraged Chad earlier to detox from that because sometimes it's hard, and I, and, and I talk to first responders, I know you do every day, that say, man, I hear you talking about faith, but, man, let me put, come walk in my shoes for a day, Jonathan. Come walk in my shoes for a day, Coach JC. It's hard to have some hope and faith when your life looks like this or your marriage looks like this or, man, I, I was believing for this and I didn't get it. And, you know, I just want to encourage you if you're listening right now, don't be conformed to the things of this world, that you can train your mind, just like you train your body. And I want you to just hit them with a few uh, encouraging words right now, Jonathan, Pastor, to, to how, how do you really transform by the renewing of your mind on a daily basis? Because I know for me, it was a daily thing where I had to, like you said, get off social media. Don't be conformed to what you're hearing, what they're saying. And sometimes that stuff comes from the people that's closest to you, and that could become hard. So what would you say to the first responder that's listening right now and say, man, my mind's just playing games on me. My emotions are playing. How do I renew my mind? What's a simple game plan that maybe you use, Jonathan? Yeah, actually, I, I talk about that in one of the presentations that I've done for um, crisis intervention for law enforcement, and I talk about some tips for having thriving life. And, you know, there's this story um, in Second Kings. It's the story about this man, this prophet named Elijah, and he has sort of this Mount Carmel showdown with the evil king Ahab and his evil queen wife Jezebel. And fire comes down and consumes the altar. And the Bible simply says, and Elijah went down and killed the false prophets. And then it moves on to the next chapter. But it didn't happen just that easily. There were 400 at least false prophets that he by himself single-handedly killed with the sword. Talk about the blood. Talk about the guts. Talk about the gore. Talk about the fatigue. Talk about the things. The Bible is about real people who go through real things who have real problems, and it has a real and a relevant message for each one of us. And so Elijah goes and he, he puts himself in this place of isolation to the point of sitting under a tree, basically being suicidal. And he, through this process, he has to understand, first of all, he sleeps. We can't underestimate getting rest. You've got to rest. You've got to unplug. You've got to give yourself time to, to get the proper rest that you need. Secondly, it said an angel came and it fed him. You need to get proper nourishment, proper nutrition. And I'm sure those are one of the things that you talk about, Coach JC, and what it means to actually nourish your body. Absolutely. So you rest, you rest, you unwind, you get proper nutrition. As, you, as I, I mentioned a minute ago, you let yourself off the hook. You realize, I can't solve the world's problems. And I, in fact, the message that God gave him was, go anoint the next prophet in your place. Go anoint the next person who will be king. In other words, it doesn't stop with you. You don't have to do it all. Give yourself an out to say, it's okay. I, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be the best me I can, and I'm going to change my focus. And so you start to do some things like that, and you start to take care of yourself first. That's one of the objections. When, when we first launched Cop Church, the media came to us. And I'll just throw this in here. We're not talking about all media because you with a podcast and, all, and Internet, you're media. I'm media. We're doing it right. We're, we're changing perspectives. But for those out there that are negative, they came to us and said, well, why are you doing Cop Church? Are y'all just trying to be separate just that much more? Are you wanting cops just to be even more of the thin blue line? And I said, look. I said, my motives are pure. I just want to minister to people who are hurting, who need hope, they need help, and I just want to get them the help that they need. And guess what? When they get healthy and when they get happy, guess how much better they'll be able to serve the community. That's right. So 
So it's not about any of that other stuff. And so you got to rest. You got to focus. The things that we hear, they all come into play. Your physical health, your your um, eating, your sleeping, your financial health, your relational health, and and all of those things come together. And lastly, summed up with your spiritual health to understand that there's a God out there and you need to seriously look into what it means. And the first thing is, is I just challenge you to say, you don't even have to go in deep in theology and everything else. Just simply throw your hands up and say, God, if you're real, I need help and I need my life to be different. And if you will genuinely give him that opportunity, he will never fail. It's not my word, it's his. Come on, what a word, man. I love it. Thank you for bringing it today, man. I want you to talk really quick. The Watch Your Six podcast. Is that the name of your podcast that you mentioned? Yep, the Watch Your Six podcast. You can go to watchyoursixpodcast.com or you can go to jonathanoparker.com slash podcast. My podcast is very much right down the alley of, of what you are doing. And it is the idea of we do such a great job of watching the outside threats, but we're not watching our six vulnerable areas. There are mental health, our marital health, our muscle health, our money health, our missional health, and our ministry health. Those six areas. And so our shows focus on those six areas of health and well-being for first responders. And just like what you're doing, keep it up. I love it, man. I love it. I'm super stoked. And before we do let you go today, man, what what else is there anything that you say? Obviously, I see you're doing some speaking. You're uh, running the podcast. You got this amazing church going on. Um, is there anything else that you said you? I'm going to put you in a hot seat for a second. But is there anything else that you say, Coach? I just feel led before we move on um, and close this out. Any any last minute words that you wanted to say to to the listeners? What they would probably expect right now is for us to turn on just as I am. And for me to stand up and tell you that this might be your last moment and you need to come to the altar right now and, 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 and all of those typical things that you hear. And I would be real tempted to do that, JC, because I mean it in my heart that, that we need to surrender our life. But I'm not going to do that because it's a journey. And so all I'm going to simply do is say your life matters. What you do matters. People are investing in you because we believe in you. And life doesn't have to necessarily be the way you may be living it. So consider what I've said. Go to some of the sources I've said. Contact Coach JC. Contact me. Continue the, the journey is all I'm going to simply say is just continue the journey. Absolutely, man. And, you know, it's funny because, I, you know, we get – uh, and just this morning, and you're going to love this. I mean, you're a pastor. You're doing an amazing thing, man. You're running a church for cops and families, and what a beautiful thing. And our our nonprofit, you know, Fit First Responders, you know, Jonathan, has become uh, so many things, different things for different people. A lot of people come to us, yes, to provide the physical and the mental conditioning, and agencies bring me in to do that, you know, as their performance coach, and I love doing that. But we have first responders that say, and I just I, the reason I brought it up is we just got an email in that popped up and said, man, th thanking us, and said, first, fifth first responders is my therapy, my church, my cult, my family, and they're just going on and on of all these things that first that ffronline.tv and the program means to them. And I think a lot of times, Jonathan, people just need to feel they're a part of something, a community a fellowship, a church, a program where somebody says to you today, hey, Jonathan, you're valuable. Man, you have meaning in life. You're worth it. No, no, I know what your life might look like right now, but no, 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 all things are possible. And I feel like you're doing that at your church. We're doing that at FFRonline.tv, and I think there's people listening right now that can hear your heart to say, hey, he didn't give an altar call, but I want to check out what this guy might have more to say because I can hear he's genuine. He's got a heart of compassion to help cops win. Um, that's jonathanoparker.com and www.copchurch.com. They can find you on Twitter at Jonathan O. Parker, Facebook, uh, Jonathan Parker Fans, Instagram, Jonathan O. Parker, and you're on LinkedIn as well. But before we close this podcast off, Mr. Parker, the pastor himself, man, I'm going to put you in the hot seat, all right? And we always ask these questions for our guest because this podcast is about being fit for duty and fit for life. So I want to just ask you really quick, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your relationships, 
you know, what do you do? And you can give us one. You can give us every area. I don't care. The floor, you, the floor is yours. But what do you do? What does Jonathan O. Parker do? Copchurch.com pastor. What do you do to assure that you are fit for duty and fit for life? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in your relationships. Floor is yours, boss. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you go to copchurch.com slash sermons, you can see all of the sermons, the messages over the past couple of years. So you can hear a lot of encouragement there. But one of the things you'll find out very quickly about me is I'm very transparent. I'm very vulnerable. And so one of the issues where I've struggled with, like many of us, is in marriage. And so I am constantly pursuing marriage resources, uh, counseling even, and doing things to to pour into my marriage and to to try to strengthen my marriage. And so that's one area. Uh, earlier today, uh, you know, I had a, a on-the-job injury where I ruptured the L4-5 disc in my back. And I've never had surgery. I do pretty well with it. But earlier today, I went out for a walk. Uh, and I'll get out there later on, and I'll do some walking and some push-ups and body weight exercise. So I try to do that type of stuff. Um, I, to be honest, I'm not pushing this on anybody else, but in my journey, because I have cholesterol issues uh, that are genetic, that have nothing to do with me, I've just about completely gone to a whole foods, plant-based diet, trying to leave out as much meat as possible. And that's a journey for me as well. Um, and so I'm, li I'm, I'm living life with everyone else. Uh, as we walk along with Cop Church and with Watcher Six and with now you, Coach JC, I'm just another guy who's saying, hey, Let's live life together. Let's do it together, and I'm right there. Come on, man. I love it. You said one thing I just want to hang on right there for a second, man, is date night. You might be listening right now. Man, if you didn't hear anything else's podcast and you're just tuning in, I, want to, I do want to encourage you. Go back and listen. Jonathan has said some amazing, powerful things, and he's brought a lot of wisdom and insight and encouragement and inspiration today for you. But... I believe as a first responder, the thing he just said is absolutely uh, just necessary and God sent. Some of you need to hear that one last thing he sent is take your wife on a date. I see so many first responders that they get caught up in the job and their marriages are suffering. I just spoke with the assistant chief of police of Dallas the Dallas Police Department, over 3,000 first responders, they have on their law enforcement force going out hitting the streets every single day. You know, they had a big tragedy that just happened this past July where the, the sniper took out five uh, of their men. And we had an amazing time on a podcast, but he threw a stat at me that really touched my heart and motivated me and just lit me on fire even more. He said that 70%, he believes 70% of the first responders, the police officers, the law enforcement officers, of the Dallas police force, their marriages will end in divorce. Over 70% will end in divorce. Man, that breaks my heart. And Jonathan, I think what you just said is a powerful way to end this podcast is, hey, invest in the things that matter to you. If your marriage really is important to you and you say it's important to you, Man, let your daily actions line up. Love on your wife a little more. Take some time for a date night. Get back to those days where you were dating. I know your marriage might look like it's on the rocks right now, but I'm a believer that God can restore anything and is a God of restoration and reconciliation. And we're believing right now for your marriage, for your wife, for you, for your spouse, for you as a couple. Take your wife on a date, and I know that does amazing things in my life with me and my wife. As busy as I am, I make time for that every single week, and I think that was divine that you said that, Jonathan. So that's a winning word right there, brother. Hey, JC, let me throw this in there because this thought just came to my mind. We'll stand up in court, many, especially the law enforcement ones of us, we'll stand in court and we'll raise our hand and we'll say we swear or affirm that the testimony we're about to give is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. And we would dare not perjure ourselves because of fear of our reputation and what would happen losing our careers. We all stood up in an altar. If you're married, you stood in a court or an altar altar and you essentially raised your right hand and you said in good times and in bad times for rich or for poor, you made that commitment. I challenge you commit whether you don't even feel like it for your marriage. Make the same commitment to your marriage as you would standing in a courtroom giving testimony. Make it a priority and and fulfill your oath. Come on. Commitment's not always easy. It takes some courage, and that's an amazing analogy, a great word right there, and I think that's very relatable to first responders listening, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Be courageous. 
You know, I think commitment sometimes we, we take it for granted in marriage, in life, and in so many different areas. But I believe that our first responders in our great nation, man, they do what they say they're going to do. And when you say you're going to do something, be a person that just does what you say you're going to do. Be a person that says, hey, if I'm going to commit to something, I'm going to commit to it through thick or through thin, no matter what it is. What you start, you finish. You know why? Because you're the finest and you're the bravest. Jonathan, come on, the pastor. We appreciate you more than you know being on the podcast today. Mr. Jonathan Parker, police officer, lead pastor of Cop Church in Chattanooga, copchurch.com, host of the Watch Your Six podcast for law enforcement families, professional communicator, you could book him for speaking, and law enforcement trainer. Man, we appreciate your service, sir. We appreciate all you're doing. JonathanOParker.com and www.copchurch.com. We thank you, sir, for taking the time to bless us today and to be on our podcast, Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. Hey, thank you, JC. It's been great to be here today. Well, and I don't think this is the last that our listeners will hear or see of you. So thank you for being transparent and sharing with us. All right. That is the show for today, uh, first responders. I just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in today. I want to do remind you that you are fit for duty and fit for life. You can get over to FFRonline.tv today to get all the tools you need to be fit for duty and fit for life. Your mental conditioning, your focus, just like Jonathan talked about, you can shift your focus and start winning more in life. The personal development, we got our chaplains over there, our dietitians, our combative training, all the coaching you need on your nutrition and your fitness. For all fitness levels, all abilities, you must be an active first responder. Feel free to connect with us on social media, Fit First Responders, and fitfirstresponders.org is the nonprofit website. If you know anybody that'd be interested in helping us continue to serve those that serve you every single day. Once again, you know what time it is. It's time to honor those that deserve to be honored, and it's time to recognize those that deserve to be recognized. So if you are law enforcement of any kind, firefighter, paramedic, National Guard, you serve every single day on our streets, and we take this time right now to honor you and to recognize you. We thank you for all that you do. Thank you for being our hometown military right here on our city's of the greatest country, the United States of America. And if you're listening outside, you Canadians that listen, we love you. We honor you as well, baby. Once again, this is Coach JC, and I do want to thank you for listening. And I do want to remind you that you are fit for duty, and you are fit for life. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life.